0: So you get to know uh, a lot of interesting people on Twitter if you're on there enough, and you sort of curate what's going on. Uh, curate meaning, of course, tweak your follower list or who you're following, and kind of weed out folks who aren't that interesting. And, and I don't mean get rid of everybody uh, who doesn't align with all your worldviews. Um, in fact, that would be really boring. I purposely keep some people uh, or continue to follow people who are uh, who are people I actively oppose in some regards, uh, but I want to know what they're up to, so I do that. But you also occasionally come across people who uh, are just fantastic, really funny or really smart or really insightful, and uh, Jeff Lyons, who we host here on this episode of Labor, is all of those things um, a really nice guy, a really smart guy, and a really funny guy to boot? Um, one of my favorite guys on Twitter. Almost every single tweet he has is is laugh out loud funny, and I mean that quite literally. He runs a site called called Used Wigs, and that's of course his Twitter handle. And his Twitter handle also features um, a picture of Bert Convy, so. Um, I'll forever associate him with that. And I was shocked to meet him and realize he doesn't look like Burt Convey. But I really enjoy talking to him. Dave and I spoke to Jeff in a uh, hotel room in Philadelphia in late September of 2013. And as usual, just presenting the conversation largely unedited. I did fade in at a point where we're talking about baby names, just to give you some context. Um, and Dave was talking about, uh, he and his wife naming their son, but it gets, you know, a little less obscure or, uh, uh, maybe mundane from there. And I think some good stuff happens. So here you go on the new episode of Labor featuring Jeff Lyons of Used Wigs. Thanks for listening.
1: Right. Mean, we, uh, we picked it out of a book. We, uh, First, did the not that you wanted the entire Gordon story, but uh, went through like the family names, yeah. Uh, and none of us, I'm David S. Jones, the mm-hmm. third, and I didn't really feel any compulsion the, to uh, the S stands for saving to uh, <laughs> <laughs> to create a fourth, that wasn't anything I right, right. I, I felt a need, a need to do, uh, but at the same time. I was a little leery of naming him after another family member, not David, because I thought my father's feelings might get hurt. I got you. So That's I great. looked to kind of uh, kind of avoid that as well. So uh, so we picked that up a book in nice. the
0: end. That caught me by surprise. I wasn't expecting Gordon. I don't know what I was expecting, but mm-hmm. I, wasn't, I was like, oh, yeah, you don't hear that very often. What do you have? Uh, eh, <laughs> <laughs> I like the names. It's just that I think we... And they're not super common, but they're. Uh, I wish I'd gone. I, you know, to be really revolutionary would have been to go with something for more our era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Jeff, Dave, Matt, uh-huh. Michael. I like names like John, Michael, yeah, Sarah. Yeah. We went with Jonas and Audrey. Oh. Jonas is my boy, and Audrey is of course is the girl. Bad. Yeah, Audrey's very nice. Sir.
2: Thank you. How about yeah. yours? Well, I went. Uh, our oldest is Juliet. And that was our first, so we went did the whole Social Security. We're like not in the top fifty, uh-huh. so even it was closer to the hundreds, and, uh, and we haven't met too many others. And then for the second, um, I had to do a family name. My mom passed away, and I wanted to take a family name that I liked. And her, her all my family's from Ireland, like off the boat, grandparents. Mm-hmm. So Una was her cousin. She was very close to. Him. So O O N A
0: is my second daughter.
1: Oh wow, wow! So it's that is it's community. very
0: different. That's, that's got to be top twenty at least. So. <laughs> wow! It's in, in County Galway. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Maybe not even there anymore. It's uh, there, and
2: of course, she went to preschool, and her teacher was Shamira, and her name was Una. Nice. Really? That is funny. And the teacher was like so pumped. Like, uh-huh. she thought when she first told her, like, Are you kidding? Right, right, Are you making fun yeah, of me? Yeah, that's kind of what it was. Right. Then, <laughs> so she was just like, This is great. A little a big That's really cool. It's, I like it's that. one of those where, like, Kelly's parents, when we told them, they're like, Oh, that's a name. You can tell right. they're disappointed, so they give you that kind of BS. And then my family was more like, Oh my God, so nice.
0: So My daughter's middle name is Ione. Which I really like. That was my grandmother. I never knew that. Yeah, which I think is nice. It's a nice thing because wow. you don't hear it very
2: often. No, no, nice.
0: I-O-N-E? Yeah. I O N E. Yeah, like that. Thanks.
1: Oh, oh, Sky. I guess the act. Ione. I always yeah. said it Ione. Yeah, hers but, is uh, pronounced Ione. Uh huh. Audrey's Ione. I uh, It was a name I haven't said. She in the whole was time, she Ione Sky.
2: It. Was when we were young. Remember when she went on the scene? Everybody's like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. love. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Well, she wasn't saying anything, and she was going out with one of the Beastie Boys.
2: Yes. Or married to one of them. She was married, boys. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She um, was in, uh, what, River's Edge, too. That, uh, mm-hmm. That was a Keanu creepy and Crispin Glover. Yeah. She was, like, real alternate cute in that. Alternate cute is a good right. term. Right. That was before, I think, Say Anything, probably. Right
0: before. Yeah, maybe, I think it was before probably before that. But she, yeah, for like, like two before.
2: to three years, she was everybody's, like, wow.
0: Yeah. It's funny you said alternate cute. This popped in my head. and it's one of my favorite phrases i go on big tangents, but um, the term, you know what the shows you, you mind the show, the show Toddlers and Tiaras? I've, that one? I've seen it all. The term they use for those little girls who are all dressed up is prostitutes, <laughs> which is one of my favorites. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's rough. It's rough. <laughs> it's rough, but it's, it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's both Have those things. If you see it, makes perfect sense. Yeah, it's both those things. Uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah,
2: if you get... Did Audrey get dance or do anything like, organized? She's an Irish dance. Yeah, yeah. Our kids are starting Irish dancing. That's really there's a fine line of keeping them away from like just having fun, enjoying it to them, tarting them up to the point, and then putting like it's like a army regimen, you know, like oh, no
0: question about it.
2: And that's what I'm fearing right now. Right now, they're in a low key, you know, dance, but I don't.
0: It's all up to you, really. Yeah, that's what I figure. Although what's important is that you realize at some point it's all up to them yeah at which point are you doing it for you and which point are you doing it for them and they're little it's different but my son had been, has played soccer for years He's a good soccer player and uh, played at a fairly high level but just quit in high school and kind of troubled us complicated issue but it was that time I kind of had to face like how much is this me caring about it how much yeah. is the, him and it, you know there's some of both, but it's important to recognize, you know, where you
1: stop. I yeah, I didn't know that we had a pretty long conversation not that long ago about him being nervous about a tryout. We hadn't talked, and about he that. solved that by uh, by stopping right, playing soccer. Out.
0: Uh, um, yeah, he's going through the identity thing big time, just with all sorts of things. Now, you know, he doesn't now, want to be a jock. Is, uh, that, is, I don't is know, that part of it? That maybe, maybe not. He's trying on different things. But it's funny, because now he's, like, way into music. And well, that would, that would dovetail. Vinyl.
1: I'm not a sports guy. I'm a music guy.
0: Yeah. At that age, yeah. He goes to a school. He goes to the school where I teach, which mm-hmm. is a private school of all boys. And it's, uh, it's, it's very athletic. In fact, that's why Jonas wanted to go there. Mm-hmm. It's because of the athletic opportunities. So, yeah, there's a lot of that where he is drawing those lines mm-hmm. around things. And, you know, like you do in high school. Like, all these people are that. And all mm-hmm. these people yeah, sure. are that and so it, but it's interesting in its own right in the sense that he's now like he, we go record shopping nice. like I don't buy vinyl because I'm of the age exactly where like I still remember what a hassle it was <laughs> but like he likes to go so we take him out you know mm-hmm. he get a, a turntable and so he went he was supposed to go to Rock the Bells this weekend I uh, thought about you when I read the, uh, canceled the no, it. news notice it's a, they cancelled it? they cancelled the DC one he was going so he was so excited to see Kendrick Lamar he was like through the roof yeah, it's my
2: next question was, 15-year-old, I'm guessing they're into rap more than Yeah,
0: that. but you know what? We go to, Vaunt, we go to the record stores, Use record stores. He buys this dub record. He bought XTC, uh, oh, okay. uh, English Settlement, because I said, hmm. this is a great record. I mean, he's all over the place. Uh, he was big With his fancier. own money? Yeah. <laughs> Where does he, he get his own money? An, an allowance? Lifeguard. Or does he work? Lifeguard? He lifeguards. Uh-huh. But he...
1: You let him spend his money on whatever he wants?
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh-huh. He's also frugal. He says, I hate it. It hurts him when he has to spend <laughs> <laughs> He's his mom's son. so And his sister's like me. It's like, yeah. It's good. So it's
1: all gone. No, I've spent probably 50 bucks since I've been here in Philly he
0: on on that book stars. and CDs. Oh, Soviet image and CDs. Yeah. Oh, you bought Yeah, nice. Did you buy this CD? No, I just or had that on iTunes. Nice. Okay. But uh, I
1: mean, FYE, is right down the street. Yep. It's actually a pretty darn good record store. Yeah. Compared it's to what we have in, in D.C. anyway. I'm amazed it's, it's still kicking. There's not a single, uh, and I mean literally zero, uh, place to get new CDs yeah. in uh, in the District of Columbia. Wow,
0: really? really? Really. Not even like Best Buy or something
1: like that? Well, I guess, yes. The, the big box. Ah! Has, uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Boy, am I busted. <laughs> have, their, have their little corner, but like a record store, a music store.
0: Yeah. Uh, not a one. Wow. Hmm. I guess all of those are vinyl, like some and Red Onion and Cricket Beat. And- yeah, yeah, and they, they get new. I haven't been to any of those places in a while.
1: Uh, they get new, but even that, those places, I mean, their roots are in used stock. No question. Not a, Not new stock. No question. Uh, but Fye uh, was pretty great. I mean, I've, I've been buying a lot of jazz records lately, yeah. and their jazz collection selection was fantastic. Yeah,
2: I got—I got to think it's—it's it's not the rock that's keeping them probably in business. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's probably rap, jazz, other mm-hmm. things more efficient on you know, this.
1: There was a guy talking to a staff member, and the way I, he was comparing like different versions with with a staff member uh, of the same violin concerto. This player versus that player, this orchestra versus that orchestra. Uh, I was darn impressed that there's still a, uh, still a store that you can go and uh, and have that conversation with
0: a, with a retailer. It's gotta be an anomaly, but it's pretty good. So, did uh, do you buy vinyl or do you buy CDs or do digital?
2: I do digital and CDs still. I, I my my goal is to get a, a new turntable record player one that works as opposed to the one that I had that hasn't worked in a couple of years. Uh-huh. So it's like, you know, it's on the list behind a new TV of, of extravagances, you know. Sure.
1: So. Uh, U-Turn Audio is one I've had uh, had my eye on. Yeah. They do uh, handmade turntables. They're a base model for uh, for like 200 bucks.
2: Yeah. I, I just want a compact unit to mm-hmm. sit there. Now,
1: these are pretty tight.
0: Yeah, nice. Artisanal? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. Um. So you, let's talk about the site. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like origins of everything, and oh. how you got into. I've I've used wigs. And, yeah. And uh, you know, it sounds like there's an element of not exactly a collective, but you've had a podcast, you have a partner, you have a couple guys. Yeah, we you do a... things with, and 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 yeah, start with that.
2: We um, I guess it was like late '90s, mid '90s. Well, I got the name from. Uh, I was working advertising company, and it was during like very pre tech boom. It was ninety six, ninety seven, and I had to write an ad and basically say to companies, so this for a technology publication, get your domain names now, or the only thing that's going to be left is. I'm like, what's a horrible name? I'm like, or well, <laughs> anything that's going to be left is usedwigs.com. Did a graphic, they loved it, blah blah blah, and that, and I'm like, you know what? I might as well grab this domain name because what if something so I grabbed it was like, back then it was pretty expensive to grab domain names too you know? uh-huh. so I grabbed like usewigs.com and I kept that and then uh, like a year or so later I'm like you know what you know I was writing for just various dumb stuff and I'm like I build websites I could build my own and so I'm like well I have usewigs.com I'll just put it on there I never really thought I was going to brand it and then um, I just started writing uh, like onion-esque pieces just really stupid and back then, and then like one was about, I think one of the early ones was like, that got, like it just took one to get noticed was, uh, remember he showed, was it Cribs, the rap star? Yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was, um, rap star and Cribs, um, boasts about his affordable and, um, something cars. So he's just showing off like his Tercel, which is a great family car, <laughs> not ostentatious, <laughs> And he was like, but using all the lingo of, like, this is mad affordable. And yeah, yeah. So it kind of got picked up. And this was before there were blocks. So there weren't, there was, like, The Onion. And there was not a lot else. So I'm just writing. And then I started writing under pseudonyms on my site. So I do music reviews under one name, the fake news stories under another, and then whatever I wanted to write about. So, um, like I said, there was no competition. So... I would just call people. I remember not call. I'd go to IMDb Pro. You pay five dollars and you would get more information. So it was like two thousand one. I'm like, hey, Judd Apatow, would you want to be interviewed? And he'd be like, sure. And like you would interview, like just you know, oh, email back and forth. And I, and then I started like a musician. So it was like Craig Wedron of, um, mm-hmm. you know, Shutter to, to Think. He's like, sure. I had a great conversation on the phone. And back, all you had to see was like, I have a website. They go check it out because I was a web designer. I designed something that looked legit yeah, yeah. and there was five people on the masthead; they were all me with different names. <laughs> <laughs> and I was and I was like working full time and just every night writing like a madman just pumping up the site to a point and then, um, then uh, someone from like what was it?
0: Web um, 1.0 so. Yeah, name?
2: yeah. It, it was the site the, the back end was horrible. It was up HTML everywhere. Sure. Um, no content management whatsoever. Um, mm-hmm. And then uh, VH1 was, like, doing a thing, and like, hey, yeah, I saw you on VH1. Right. I'm like, how the hell can this
0: be? <laughs> Is this real? And I'm like, that's how I recognize yeah, yeah, you, yeah. actually. They, but anyway, um, tell the story about the vh
2: Well, back then, it was, this was, like, 2003, 2004 as it was going. VHM would just be like, we want, you know, all the stupid talking heads they'd have on their shows sure, in the yeah. 90s. So they were started going after, like, they wanted, I think, more articulate types. So they went to, like, magazines and popular websites and my website at that point was popular depending on what search you would do. I'd come up. Mm-hmm. So one of the producers was like, hey, I love your site. Would you want to write some jokes? Sir? I'm like, sure. So I wrote some celebrity jokes. They're just horrible jokes busting on celebrities for a couple of their shows. And she's like, hey, would you want to be on camera? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> Never been on camera before. So I'm like, what's the show? And they're like, oh, it's called Sexy Single Babes. I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I oh, one Yeah, VH1. Yeah. So. There were two shows that I did. I wrote a bunch of jokes, submitted them. They're like, yeah, yeah, come on up and put me on camera. and It was just like those talking head shows where, like the Olsen Twins, say a couple of things about them. But the key was that <laughs> it was real embarrassing, and they do it like champs. Is the the way they edit? They can make you sound great or a complete perv,
0: you oh, know? Because yeah. I, I was
2: setting up a joke, and it was it was like, hey, did you know the there's actually a website that counts down to when the Olsen twins turn 18. And then I was about to say the punchline, and they cut me off. So it just makes me seem like this lascivious dude. And they show me, like, oh. you know, there's a website where these kids turn 18 Oof, right. and then cut to something else. I'm like, oh, fucking great. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But overall, it was good. You know, they're they they really nice. And, you know, they didn't pay me, but I got to, you know, say, hey, I'm a They paid
1: you in fame paid me so then uh, and here you are yeah right so right. Then, it, then
2: it was a year later where like podcast started and like gotta get a podcast so uh, so i got two of my buddies i was telling you one of my audio uh, engineer frustrated musician friends my other friend todd who's a local artist um, we started that in like 2006 okay. did a bunch of live shows did a bunch of weekly then bi-weekly monthly shows but we would have wait a
1: minute so, so we didn't think of this ourselves
2: <laughs> yeah I thought recording conversations <laughs> was kind of our um but we, <laughs> we went through every iteration of like bad like figuring out how to do bi- pad- podcasts well and then doing them bad and mm-hmm. trying to do live we're doing shows. one of those right now yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well you know we've only been doing this
1: a short time really and we've already done two that are uh, that are unusable Really? Just because yeah. we chose, audio, we chose yeah. a poor setting, yeah. so the recording we, stinks. We've had a couple of those. We uh, were and talking and about that. It can't, can't be surgically uh, yeah, your heart. repaired.
2: We, I had one of the best shows with uh, one of my friends. His name's John Solomon. He, he's a WPRB. Oh, I like, know, you know John Solomon, sure, He's, sure, he's sure. like a owns record labels. He, great yeah. like, indie rock promoter. That was promoter. a huge, uh,
0: well, not huge, but like a really big deal label back in the time. Yeah, he had My Pal and and God Day. Records. That's and, what it was. Yeah,
2: now he's Comedy Minus One, he's just putting out uh, the new, uh, who's he putting out? New oh. Bottomless Pit.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's the Silkworm. Silkworm, yeah. Two thirds of Silkworm. Oh,
1: cool.
2: Um, so, yeah, John and I are good friends and we found him on the show a couple times. We had this great live show with him and um, it was just a lot of good interaction with the crowd and John telling his stories and, we just fucked up the audio like, mm-hmm. Beyond recognition. Right. Like, John, sorry. You know, and you're just like... It sucks, sucks. And, you know, so you can't really do
0: good enough backups either, you know. So, Do you great. listen to Marin? Do you listen to Mark Marin? I, you know what? I used to, and I stopped. Well, no big deal. I just mentioned it because he just did a show with Catherine O'Hara, who's yeah, yeah. awesome. And sure. he had this big audio meltdown. I had to have somebody fix it. Oh, really? Uh, and it worked. I mean, it's a great show, but, like, uh, yeah, it just made me think of that.
2: Well, even, like... Every great podcast out there, like, you know, What the Fuck or whatever, there are some episodes where, yeah, there's some bad audio going on and, you know, there's not a lot, you know, you can do. People put up with. I also do work for, um, you know, Tom Sharplin, WFMU? He does a podcast called The Low Times Podcast where it's Tom and two other people, Maggie and Dan, and all they do is interview musicians. No comedy. I mean, they're funny, but it's just like Tom interviews Lou Barlow, Tom interviews, and uh, I built their website, and I handle all the tech stuff for them. Oh, really? So I do that behind the scenes. Um, One of those deals where, you know, and this was like a good kind of thing for like, you know, social network, how we met through Twitter and, you know, friends of friends. You know, I met Dan and Tom through Twitter, you know. It was like one of those things, Dan's like, hey, I really... We played a song by Dan's band like five years ago. And he's like, holy crap, you guys played a song? So we became friends. He's like, I'm friends with Tom. We want to do a podcast. Can you help? And it was all of a sudden, you know, like via Twitter DMs we're arranging yep. this, you know, thing. Yep. And then yep. two yep. years later, Ooh. so they're putting on a live show in New York next Saturday. Oh, nice. And they just got their, the guests lined up is the Wrens. Oh, wow. That is nice. I said, long. way to take them away from them trying to record an album. Exactly. Then, uh... It's,
0: it's taking them longer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, yeah.
3: The hospital, the flesh and mercy side Failing the hopes of Marie. Junior is late.
0: Joke pool. (laughs) It was some cartoon, like, it was, I think it was a New Yorker cartoon. Yeah. Like, another line for the communal joke pool. (laughs) You know, where it's just stock shit. It's this stock, stock, stock. stock. Well, like, you're totally familiar with that. You had one of my favorite tweets, which is like, (laughs) I forget what it was about The Office. Like, I, I came to The Office today and said, is it Friday yet? And I was hoisted upon everyone's shoulders. It's declared director of funny or something. Director of laughs. Director of yes. laughs. You have, you have another entry on uh, on used wigs that's,
1: that's just like that. Uh, you know, ten responses for is it hot enough yeah. for you? <laughs> yeah. And this, I, I think that's
2: like with wigs writing for that for years pre-Twitter and then when Twitter came along mm-hmm. I remember we had a, a big podcast about it and we had a, a woman who's a uh, Michelle Melker who's a really great artist illustrator yeah she, fucking
1: conservative bitch <laughs> mm-hmm. oh oh sorry different diff- oh, totally oh, my, different my, my bad she's very
2: uh, <laughs> um, she's like I'm on this thing Twitter it's great and I'm like oh what is it and she's like oh you can just write whatever you want Whenever you want, 140 characters, any thought you want, and the three of us are like that sounds awful. Yeah, you know, like you, you know, the I said to her on the podcast, I'm like, the only reason you would need Twitter, like someone would need to hear you, if you need to diffuse a bomb, you know what I mean? Like that's when it's <laughs> important to hear from right. you that quickly. She's like, no, it's great, and then the three of us are like that's so <laughs> stupid. And a week later, like, what's this Twitter? Then we're on it. You know. Well, like, it's really- funny
0: because it took me so long, and I. I remember the first time I signed up. I'm like, now what happens? Yeah. What? What's happening now? Like, of course you're following one person or something. Yeah, two. it takes a while. So you don't know what the hell's going on. I don't even know. I, I guess I know what hooked me in, but. I remember when
2: John Worcester went on like
0: his second tweet was. Um,
2: he tweeted first in his cycle and the second one was like, "This is great. Now, now when do I get paid? You know, <laughs> yeah. like, when is this?" Which is a
0: uh, good question. That's pretty funny. Yeah. You he um. Well, I want to go back to what I was saying. Because I Yeah, I want to hear. like, like well, I'm not really sure of people I actually know. We're all like, I think we're all pretty funny in the band, for sure. Michael has a very, very unique way of, I don't know, pulling out lines out of nowhere. Sure, absolutely. Michael's a top fiver for me as well. Yeah. Two through
1: five are uh, <laughs> are unranked. Okay, that's good. Uh, Matt, Matt is the champ. I, I don't I don't mind telling him that. He's he's the funniest guy I know. Uh two through five are
0: uh are unranked. But but they are set. I'd say Don is up there probably. Don is up there, you're right. Our friend Don who contributes to the band too and is essentially the band is member. anyway, I don't know. I, I shouldn't go on. I'm just never thought about it. I was like, no, oh. I just
2: well when you mentioned uh Scott, Story League Scott, he's one of those in my top three and he's mm-hmm. but they all like different styles of your funny friends. Like, you know, standard sure. like Drunk, funny guy who's always throwing out lines. Scott is like my militant, angry, homosexual. I will find everything wrong with what you're saying and nitpick it because he's super intelligent. Yeah, yeah. And I love him for it. Right. You know, that kind of funny. Sure. And, mm-hmm. uh, I, and I always dream about having everybody in the same room. And I'm like, that'd be great. And then also, that would be horrible. All these people fighting mm-hmm. for attention. With right.
0: Their funniness. Somebody trying to hold the floor more than anybody sure, else. Sure, sure. Well, that's why I thought about a little bit why I mentioned that thing about work. If no one's listening to this at work, so that's good. Um, <laughs> you never know. keep no, that mean, much. They wouldn't get it at all. But um, the
2: communal joke. Cool. I like well,
0: people. no, no. The, I, I love the people. I, do. I like people I work with. It's just um, I was just thinking of the fact that I am with that audience, and this it's, really, it's pretty damn hard to make me laugh. That's actually, good. It's a good way to be. Do well, you find, I think Michael and I played off each other to do that. Like, Michael doesn't isn't going to give you the big laugh. Yeah. yeah anyway, what were you going to say?
2: Do you find with being um, parents and being forced to be friends with the parents of your kids' friends, I find that the most challenging... That's interesting. ...challenging dynamic, and it's always... And I'm the guy that, I, I don't know if I've been cursed, but everybody who...
0: That if you can curse? No, I've oh, been cursed. So you've been that, cursed. I got to say, we label like, explicit. Like,
2: stuff. When we're becoming good friends with the friends of people's parents, like all the dads are the quiet, and then if and then the other guy's quiet, and they don't say a lot. So when the the women are doing something, and it's just us. I I I freak, and then I don't shut up, and I just kind of have to feel like, hey, so we're hey, on, we're, on. So, and, we're and on, it's, on. and I'm not doing shtick, but I'm trying to think of like icebreakers. <laughs> hey, you guys Break. like beer?
0: Yeah, you know right. like exactly. along the lines, great lines that, like that great
2: lines like that that everyone would embrace but uh I,
0: I, I know like, what you mean it's I, I and that's actually that does relate to something I was saying not to make it bring it all back here but like I'm actually trying to get more comfortable with silences in general yeah. with people because I just find it exhausting the fact that I feel this burden to like you know keep every conversation going and it all relates to me being ultimately sort of in some respects an introvert and kind of shy and all my extroverted behavior really requires a lot of work from me so I'm trying you know again you have this chance to reset as a teacher and going in this year like you know I'm not going to sit here and hold up both sides of the conversation for oh yeah for, for colleagues and stuff like that and you know what happens is I think interestingly if you do end up spending time with somebody like you're describing in some cases, they'll sit there with the silence, but in other cases, the burden shifts, and all of a sudden, they're like, so, uh, you know, and you realize you don't have to do all the work. Yeah, I'm getting
2: better at it. I think my, my wife's pointed out, like, hey, you're better at that, that like, <laughs> shutting up. I'm like, okay, good, you know, and I'm like, thank you for that, because, you know, I don't want to be, like, the clown or the, the guy who doesn't shut up, but it's just like a little nerve thing, I
0: think. No, it is for me, too. I think it's pretty natural. I mean, silence can be unnerving when you're in a, especially an especially intimate situation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because especially if you're staring down the barrel of two or three hours with somebody.
2: Yeah, and that's what it is. It's like a a party. You know, like when they're real little, you're going to be...
1: Well, just in the way you originally framed the question, uh, I mean, I'm just embarking on that. Yes. Uh, But I have had my first taste (laughs) of it, uh, to put it that way. I went to a one-year-old's birthday party. Right. You know, which was absurd enough. Sure. You know, in of itself. I... but I'm there with a house full of people, you know, none of whom I know. I don't have on the face of it anything in common with any of them, except the fact that we've all procreated. There you go. Uh, and you I, that, I, I found myself and I, I, was, I noticed this at, at the time. But it's not something I I realized in retrospect. I found myself like in the exact same place I used to find myself at parties In my 20s. Yeah, yeah. Standing alone in the corner, talking to nobody. Yeah. Uh... It, you know instead of smoking cigarettes you know stuffing a hot dog in my mouth you know that's what sure. that was the only difference We're not eating it just stuffing a hot dog in his mouth that was the only difference and uh, yeah, yeah the fact that the like shape is so similar we can do and <laughs> yeah. <of> the party <laughs> 16 in there ooh <laughs> ooh <laughs> your husband
2: seemed nice but I couldn't really talk to yeah. him but, uh, but a record tonight
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it did illuminate for me uh, the fact that uh, as of yet anyway you know Like, that hasn't changed. My social behavior uh, is still the same. It's just uh, going to be in a new context from here on out. Even in a band context, when we're meeting people for the show, after the show, or whatever, despite everything you just said, Matt, uh, you and Michael do way more chatting uh, Uh,
0: to and with people than I do. No, no. You're the guy who's like, people come up to you. You and Michael do that. They come up to you, and they want to look at your board. They want to look at your Uh, gear. I'm definitely the guy setting up in the back because I, I I mean my conception down, is very different that's funny because I event. don't do it at all
1: I hear you with your example with the gear Talk, the yeah, pedal yeah, yeah. board that is accurate but like chatting beforehand to people well before and, I do and, it because it's stuff the same like thing that. it's like
0: they're here and it's silent and sometimes if they're friends like you haven't seen well no I, re- I rely Michael is is chatty. he's my, Michael talks the okay.
1: uh, he's not a... to put too fine a point on it I wouldn't use that word Oh, but he does. He's much easier. Uh, like Conversation,
0: driving, sitting with the guy who's quiet. Like he'll yeah, fill yeah. the space. Like no question.
1: Well, Michael talks, uh, and I rely on that. And and, and sure. you too, actually. Because oh, I'm like, I do. thank good, I yeah. don't have to. I don't want to. I don't have to, so I don't. Do you know this? Did you guys
2: see uh, the Rush documentary? I was just gonna say that. Was that you. first of, well, of all awesome? Was I was just gonna say, but do you know
1: where he's going specifically I, with this? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let it, Jack I fill not, it in. Yeah, it's, it's, well, first of all,
2: it's probably the best band documentary. Because yeah. by the end of it... It's touchstone
1: want, stuff for us.
2: Yeah, I wanted to just hug. Yeah. Like at the end scene where they're around the table and they're all friends mm-hmm. and they're still talking. You know, and I grew up... I grew up... I love punk. I love hardcore. My brother was in a heavy metal band. Mm-hmm. He played Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Rush. And he was a singer. And I... <laughs> Lo- started loving Rush because of that, Sure. because it reminds me of my brother a lot, and and I just still love Rush. So I'm like, I watched this documentary, and I like, thought I might have been a little biased because I love Rush, but I'm like, this is great. It's so well done. So, But when Neil Peart starts talking about and I always quote it, he's like, Neil Peart goes, growing up, I loved The Who. He's like, there's nothing I love more than Keith Moon and The Who. And you know what? I never wanted to meet Keith Moon and The Who. Mm-hmm. And Neil's the one who <laughs> yeah. never talks to anybody. Yeah, yeah. So it's Getty mm-hmm. and um, Alex. They're the two front guys. They go outside the autographs. Right. And everybody's cool with it, which I think is such a nice band dynamic. Totally. Like, you know, and Neil's had to deal with a lot of you know personal yeah, stuff. Sure. So um but I, I just I love that dynamic and I just love the way he said like, and I never wanted to meet them. Right.
0: You know. Which is unusual. Yeah. Quite frankly. Is that what you thought he was going to say? it another part? Precisely,
1: precisely. Yeah, right. the,
0: the whole, the whole, their meet and greet dynamic.
1: I think it the, the two guys, yeah, enjoy it, right? So they do it. The third guy doesn't enjoy it, so he doesn't. I, a- and it works for everybody. It
0: might be different if you're in that dynamic yeah. where you have a big following and like people are just all over you. Mm-hmm. That would be different. Um, you know, we're we're pretty small potatoes, especially sure. compared to Rush. You know, it's not always that. It's usually people floating around who are like friends of friends or direct friends or Michael's mm-hmm. friends or your friends. And for me, after a show, I feel particularly sensitive. Like, I want people either to gush or not say anything. Right? Uh, and it's usually somewhere in between. <laughs> you know, like, hey, well, I mean, this show. is
1: this dynamic is then self sustaining. Like, as a result of this, a lot of those folks you're talking about, you and Michael know them a lot better than I do. Because I didn't talk to them last time either.
0: Mm-hmm. So then it just so, kind of continues. But I that still, way. it's funny. I see you guys as the guys who talk to people. Yours, you're like, oh, I talked to Irene, whatever her name was, the woman from Vinyl District. She was really into us. You're always, like, way open to that. Like, they really dug us. Mm-hmm. But if somebody comes up to me and goes, like, hey, that was really great. I'm always like, yeah, you're the same. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. Like, I'm so, I'm so easily wounded by that. And, like, I know that sometimes people just say shit like that. They have to be on bended knee, practically, or, like, or, <laughs> or both knees. Yeah, it's interesting. Huh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's part of the reason, in part, I can't even, I don't look up when I'm playing. Part of it is I'm really visually distracted and I get lost, but part of it is like, if somebody looks bored or they yeah. walk out, I'm like, oh, Jesus, that mm-hmm. that's you know, the worst. And I think some of that may be being a teacher where I just, I, there's nothing I hate more than a kid being. And, like look at the clock. Like, Shit. Well, we should have a captive audience there. They can't
1: walk out. No, they can't. That's right. You said just make was... comedy clubs like that.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I uh, I was um, I love the like I said my brothers in bands. Like I was a, a, a geek about. You know I was in a band in high school and after that, no, but I've I go you know I see bands. I have spent my whole youth and adult life going to see bands. And I'm like the I consider myself the best fan. Because if I'm seeing you your band, you have my concentration the whole time completely enwrapped in in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We went and saw, it was like 10 years ago, Dave Hill, the comedian. Okay. He's a real funny guy. He's a... I think I've heard of him. Yeah, he's a comedian. He's also in bands. He's in a band called Valley Lodge right now. He okay. was in a band called Uptown Sinclair.
0: Yes, I just I'm read an AV then. Club piece with him.
2: Yeah, I think he's
0: Is he's he from where's he from? He's originally from Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. He's he was awesome. He did that hate song thing we just read. Which one? The hate song thing. Oh, about, which one did he hate? He just did it. We were just emailing. Him. It was about, it was Lenny about Kravitz. The Don Henley song. Oh, the, oh, the Lenny, Lenny Kravitz. Kravitz. One. That's so funny. Like that yeah. literally last week yeah, yeah. made the rounds. Yeah, That's yeah, the first yeah, time I heard him. I love what he said. Yeah, that was a very good one. Yeah. Dave uh,
2: Dave's probably one of the most just insanely talented like incredibly funny and an amazing guitar player and he's just got a really good sense of uh, like you guys like the, the pop he, he, he has that kind of like knows what is like a good power pop mm-hmm. song and like right now I think he's trying to decide should I go to the comedian thing should I do right. uh, the, the music and he does both but the first time I met him probably 12 years ago Philadelphia Bar called The Fire he's with his band I'm Tim St. Clair nobody in the room my wife and I guy running the board and one other person and they were awesome and throughout <laughs> yeah. the whole yeah. song in between every song Dave's talking to the crowd like he's talking to 10,000 people Philadelphia I love you you're not the city you brother love you the city of sexy motherfuckers I don't want to go to the next song like yeah, yeah. just huge riffs and yeah, just yeah. playing not even like looking out in between, like every song it's like, you guys are awesome, you're the best, you know, and it's yeah, probably like the hour. Put on the show like an hour, great, and afterwards talk to him. And you know, he's a really, really nice, sweet guy. And he's just like, thanks for sure. coming, blah, blah, blah. You know? And that's, you know, we kind of, and he's done um, some, we've had
1: used oh, live nice.
2: shows, and Dave's coming forward. Of oh, right, of I've heard, guys. I've heard, some right. Of that, yeah. So it was just that, like, what kind of skill set is that to, to completely not be bothered by what's going on when you're playing and be so into your own little thing. Like, that's a whole other thing on top of what I you're doing. I think it's
0: cultivated like mini-skills, mm-hmm. and because um, we have been through the gamut. Right. Cultivated, cultivated like what, did you say? Like mini-skills. skills, skills. Mini It's skills. cultivated. Uh-huh. mini-skills. Oh, because uh-huh. um, Michael and I were in a band before this, and then now we've been doing this for a while. So, I mean, we've been at this same exact thing, or not the same exact thing, but, I mean, that level of obscurity to a degree. For 20 years. Right. (laughs) And you do get... I mean, there's stages. And, of course, you like... A lot of times when you're working on something, you take two steps back. What if you've taken one step Mm -hmm. forward? And you have that (laughs) night where you're just like, fuck, dude. What the fuck? And you learn, like, that doesn't get me anywhere. Yeah. And it's actually poisonous to think that way. And I don't sweat it anymore. In fact, I probably... It's probably a bigger concern for me when people are actually there and they're there to see us. I feel like there's expectations. Because oh. some of the thing that's kind of interesting is when you're playing, like you know, you're like, okay, it's gonna be the sound man and the bartender and a friend of Michael's over there, <laughs> and we're gonna fucking kill it because I don't care. Right, right, right. So that's my psychology.
1: Really. I mean, I, I uh,
0: keep going, but I gotta jump over here real quick.
1: That's cool. Uh, I mean, Matt just talked about a. Uh, you know obscurity and, and and being there for a, you know, for an extended period of time. I mean that's all all relative. Uh, I mean we're friends with a lot of people in uh, in DC, other musicians to whom uh, like the the Caribbean have made it. Right. Uh, you know we are uh, you know what they aspire to be. Sure. So I mean it depends on your on your vantage point, I guess. Uh, and and this can feed to a question I I sort of formulated on on the way up here today, uh, with you and 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 used wigs. I, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, I, I think sort of the, uh, I don't know the top of the pyramid pyramid in, in some respects for for that sort of thing is is the AV club. Yeah, oh, definitely. I, uh, it's a little bit different with with a band. I mean, I don't being a member of the Caribbean, I don't I know I perhaps like aspire to be as well regarded as, you know, Radiohead say. Right. But I don't actually aspire to be in Radiohead. <laughs> right, right. That that's not how it works. Yeah. Whereas you could like do you aspire you know, if yeah. you, when you think about it, when you fantasize about your your popularity future Used wigs to be as popular as the A.V. Club or jumping ship and being on staff at yeah. the A.V. Club? It's,
2: it's neither. And at one point it was... I remember when I first started to use wigs and I was solely doing the the satire. Um, I remember I had about 10 pretty solid satirical pieces that you know, people were enjoying. I was getting good feedback. And uh, I contacted... The, uh, the publisher, the owner. And I just said, hey, you know, I'm doing this. I'm not looking for a job. I just want to, and I, I really, I just wanted some advice. I'm like, you know, anything I can do to kind of, you know, I really like what you guys do. Mm-hmm. Any advice you could give, you know, I'm a young guy, Philadelphia. And he sent me an email. It was very terse, but he's just like, Jeff, this is awesome that you're doing this. I'm really hoping you do well, but I cannot look at anything you wrote. I, I legally can't. And oh, I'm like, right. oh. And he's like, I don't mean to be a dick, but right, anything, Yeah, I can't even click the link. Because uh-huh. if I do, then anything that I write in the future that is anything similar to this, and he's basically, I don't want to get sued. So he's like, thank you, and good luck. Right. So I was like, all right. But I mean, back then, you know, when uh, VH1, and there was a lot of, before blogs, before everyone had entertainment slash humor, slash, you know, satire, whatever websites, I was considering, like, I'm just going to do this. You know, I'm going to do some web development on the side to pay the bills. I want to get this going. But then once I had a kid, I'm like, you know what? I better stick with a job that I know will pay the bills and there's a future that, you know, Mm -hmm. where I work now at, at the university that can pay for my kid's college. So, I had a moment, a realization in my life where I'm like, do one for work and do one for pure enjoyment. Don't let the enjoyment become work. And I slowed up on the use wig stuff, uh, on the written pieces, did more of the podcast. We did that for like six, seven years. We had a great time doing it. Made a lot of friends, did a lot of shows. Um, and it was enjoyable. And then I had, you know, my work life in front of a computer all the time. And then I'm doing this. But there was never, and I still don't have an end game. Like, I'm like, I will keep doing stuff if I enjoy it. And then when I don't, I'm burnt out where it feels like work. I'll stop. It's like Twitter. I love doing Twitter because it, I stare at code all day long. It's like, you know, just, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go sit outside for a half hour, get some air, and write a tweet. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's fun, and it's like a deserved break. It's that reward system. Sure. So that's how I do it. And I'm like, if. Twitter ever gets to the point where I feel like it's work, then it's done, and I move on to the next thing.
1: You know, still it, tethered to a computer though. Interesting. Yeah, you don't go play frisbee or read a book. No, well, or go fishing. I uh, you just do a different thing on no, a computer I, well,
2: because of I'm real concerned about my screen life. I am a, a very avid runner. I run like a lot. Oh right. Runner. Okay. So I that. Yeah, yeah. so like I. I make sure, like, you know, like 30, 40 miles a week, run. Mm-hmm. And I got, that's a lot of time, man. It is, and um, the reason the reason I do it is it's mental health. It's sure. like you know, get away from the computer. Hey, on a Sunday morning, and then what I do is I sign up for races. I sign up for marathons sure. to force yourself to train. Yeah, yeah. So the reason I'm I'm not cheap, but I'm not extravagant with money. But if I sign up to do a marathon, I will do it. And I won't be embarrassed when I have to do it. Like, I that pride thing. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, like, four months from now, sign up for a marathon, I will run 40 miles a week. So I'm in decent enough shape to run that marathon. Right. So it's all along those. And, and the benefit is it literally, you know, keeps you, forces you away from being on screen. So when you go for, like, a three-hour run on a Sunday morning, you know, you're, you're out there. You're waiting
0: mm-hmm. the Do you do eight miles a day, five days a week, or five miles a day, eight days a week? <laughs> I do.
2: Sadly, I do 20, I do between 18 and 20
0: on a Sunday, and then I divide up yeah, the rest The rest, whenever. The ho- most I've ever gotten in a week is 21.7 or something, Yeah, and it was one week.
2: It's, it's <laughs> really, it's hard at first. I've been doing, the like, I've done 12 marathons and two ultra, like 50-mile marathons wow. in the past four years. Uh-huh. So it's... I have, a, I have a way to do it. First year when I started doing I've been running for like you know, 15, 20 years. But I, I'm like, you know, I'm just going to really get into it and just see, you know, sure. middle age crazy thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to do it. And then I, I figured I liked it, and I figured out how to do it with raising two kids and working and then doing the podcast and everything else. It's just like, you know, little compartments. Yeah, sure. It's a reward system. I work, then I get to do this. hmm if I have a problem I can't think out, running does help.
0: No question. Right? It dislodges I mean, everything. dislodges everything. You come back, you're like, oh, yeah,
2: okay. Yeah, oh, code right. problems. I tell, I tell people I work with, like, I could solve a dumb PHP coding problem out running because I'm not looking at it. Right. You know what I mean? So well, it's, it's,
0: it's, it's actually, there's a foundation for that. I mean, technically, it's, it's all the incubation. Yeah. I mean, that's the psycho- psychological term. It's your brain needs time to rest, and it keeps working on it in the background. Yeah. So, uh,
2: yeah. So to to get back to your, like, there's no. I don't have really any end game with these weeks. Like, the thing I like about it is I really enjoy the nonsense. Like, I enjoy nonsense. I enjoy Mm -hmm. putting nonsense out there. I like discussing nonsense and nonsense in the broad, in the broad sense of the word. You know what I mean? Just fun, goofing around and
0: right busting balls. You know. Right. That's exactly. Well, I. Related to that, I've often said some, most of the things that I like the most don't make any sense at all. Yeah, right. yeah. And I mean, in fact, even people I think have absurd sense of humor. I'll show them stuff, including my wife. She'll be like... <laughs> <laughs> the only person in my house who gets it is my daughter, who has the exact same sense of humor. There like, you go. Like the more Dadaist, yeah. non-sequitur it is, the better, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, she, Matt forwards stuff from, uh, from his daughter from time to time. And yeah off the wall don't you like having off like
0: the a wall. little you yeah and then well it's also like we're just on the same way That's
1: good but yeah very smart very absurd it's uh it's really cool and she doesn't miss back it you up yeah. on that
0: I'll just look over and she'll just be laughing like it's something so obscure most adults would get it and it's not necessarily a sophistication issue it's just some of it maybe but it's interesting that you uh, come genetically pre-wired because I remember when she was like we discovered this when she was like two and a half or three. All of a sudden, she was getting so goofy at bedtime. Uh-huh. Like ridiculous. Just, you know, yeah, just yeah, yeah, couldn't yeah. stop. And it just, came <laughs> before that, it wasn't there at all. And Melissa used to say to oh, her, You're being cheeky again. And she said, I know cheekiness. She wasn't, she, there's no cheekiness here. But she just, it evolved from there. And she just got weirder, weirder.
1: and Good yeah. painter, too. Yep. Does she still paint?
0: No. No. Um, you know, you mentioned The Onion. I don't know if you remember this. Um, the This American Life piece they did on The Onion a few years ago? No. They talked about the process yeah, yeah, in yeah the yeah. writer's room, etc. And they showed some of the brainstorming yeah. sessions where they recorded them of like, they just go around the, the, the <laughs> table and, and they were coming up with ideas for my favorite part of The Onion, which is really just the headlines that don't go anywhere. Yeah, and yeah. the print version is even better. Like, Right. Just one line and it doesn't go anywhere. But that was one. Of, there's a line they didn't even use, which is one of my favorite lines ever. And I love succinct things that can be, you know, things that are tiny, oh and yeah, powerful. Yeah. Um, and the one they didn't use was just the headline was "Gay Retard Teased," which is just one of my favorite <laughs> ever. <laughs> but it's just it, it, the whole joke you, the you, whole know, joke. you can yeah. unfold yeah. in your in your oh. head like this, you know, just like like that. I'm, yeah, what's the, uh,
1: the Peter line. He was quoted recently from Family Guy.
0: That's two jokes. <laughs> yeah, that's when he's, there's the boxing match, and it's the foxy <laughs> boxing, and the two women are, um, and the one woman is unconscious, and Quagmire's trying to wake her up, and he's dragging her across the floor, and Quagmire says, I just want to see her box." And Peter goes, it's,
2: that's two
0: jokes. <laughs> <laughs> you can see the writer's room in that too, where they're like "Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want, oh wait a second. And then they they decide to break the fourth wall and wow, yep. oh, it's, yep. it's meta, it's awesome. Philly's
1: finest here. There you, go. there you go. Um Well uh let's I'll I'll pivot off that. How do you like living in Philly? I,
2: I I'm originally from Central New Jersey on the ocean, uh, a little town called Belmar. Um, of that. Right near Asbury Park. So I grew up in Springsteen country. Okay. And I never liked Bruce growing yeah. up. I was, I think it was sure. part of that. I grew up in a town where, like, everyone just expects you to love Bruce, you know. And I had two friends who started getting into punk early. And the older brother went, and he was in New York hardcore bands, uh like Murphy's Law and Underdog, mm-hmm. and he used to go to New York and bring us records. So we were like eighth grade. We'd have these circle jerk records and Black
1: Flag. And See, VH1 would have edited that sentence differently. Yeah? Oh, Read yeah. The <laughs> That's right.
2: My lascivious deliberate circle jerks. Uh-huh. Um, Read the circle Jerk. <laughs> so I, I think when my friends and I were circle jerking to the circle jerks, <laughs> no, it was that the more I got into that kind of Punk and loving that, the more I felt like I needed to distance myself sure, from sure. anything I liked. But it, but the the one thing that I wanted to rebel against was Bruce and this whole Bruce thing. But I still I grew up on the Who and Cheap Trick and Yes, and I still had to, you know will never ever not like that. Mm-hmm. But then um, when I came to college <coughs> to Philadelphia, like I was amazed. I went to a <coughs> small Catholic college that uh, no one heard of anything, like nothing, like <laughs> right. The music, I remember unloading my box of cassettes. Really nice guys. I'm still friends with this day. They're like, who are these bands? What kind of music? I don't... This is like devil stuff. You know, it was just right. like really right. crazy to them that I would be like, um, there's a show, Firehose is playing downtown. Anybody want to go see? And they're like, who am I? Like, they used to be the Minutemen. And they're like, nothing. I guess I'm going to a show by myself today. You know, yeah, so yeah, yeah. went to Philly and... Um, you know, I really liked it. I thought it was it was different. It's the only city I ever, mm-hmm. you know, New York was close and so we got there, but um, afterwards got a job, met a woman, who's <clears throat> my wife right after, and we've been married for fifteen years. So I've lived in Philly just as long as I lived in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So um, I like it. I, I think it's um, you know a lot of people say it has that kind of second city mentality to New York and. I think that's not true. I think we love hating New York so much that that's our thing.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you know
2: what I mean? <laughs> well, I, I like think they take pride. It's it's odd. I, I don't get it, but I think it's kind of humorous, I I think it's funny when Philadelphia. And it's all sports based. I mean, right. you know, it's a very. I mean, I know Baltimore is a sports based town. DC not um, so much. Not so much. You have other things going on. <laughs> Philadelphia does not. We don't have. Our celebrities, are weathermen,
1: yeah, right, and right. That's it. The action news team. Action
2: news team, and then sports figures. Uh-huh. So it's that kind of sports mentality that drives the the kind of unwarranted hubris of we're better than New York and mm-hmm. we're better than Chicago and whatever. It's fun. I think it's cute.
1: I uh, I mean that's one of the uh, I mean I like Philly, uh, unlike uh, my bandmates. <laughs> Uh, not not to call you out, but uh, but but it's true.
3: No.
1: Uh, and one of the things I like most about it is it has a very strong sense of itself. It does. We are Philadelphia, and uh, and I like that. I, li- I like cities, you know, uh, and and the urban environment. Uh, and Philly is Philly, and uh, and I totally respect that.
0: Most of my opinion about it is stained by twenty years of shitty ass shows here. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean the me, worst. Sure. Let me let's that, that some of your, that name mm-hmm. some of your least favorite venues. The M Room. Oh yeah, M Room. We, when we were our previous band, we picked, Kyber Pass a lot. And it was actually pretty cool. at The time that was in the raging nineties, you know. Yeah, Kyber. Sure. And we played with all sorts of bands, uh, you know, Breaker Now, like World Trucks and Longfish and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Of course, well like four band bills. Were your first? You go on like. You know, five o'clock, and they're on it all. You know, <laughs> one um, last
2: show at the Khyber. I was at yeah reunion for Urge Overkill and oh, uh. Blackionasis was just walking through the crowd before the show, just asking everyone if they had cocaine. Oh wow! Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, yeah. And they're
0: like well our age. Well, yeah. yeah. And
2: no, I I, gonna... I I didn't follow up on that, but when they
0: they <laughs> went on stage, they uh they were they're pretty. One was pretty wired. I yeah. forgot that there was a somebody named Black Eonassus in that band. Yeah, um, we played so many shitty venues here; it's hard to believe. Um, <laughs> Pontiac, Pontiac Grill, sure. Um,
2: <laughs> so many
0: shit. Oh. Do you ever do
2: Dobbs? Yeah. JC Dobbs back in the day. They had like a pillar in front yes, of their stage. I saw bands there. there.
0: We came here. I was a big. I don't know if you know the band. Probably know the band Miracle Legion, but we sure. Okay. Huge. Steve band. Steve,
2: Steve, Steve Wynn is it?
0: That no, that's uh, Dream Syndicate. Dream Syndicate. Okay, different. It's Mark Mulcahy, anyway. Um, we used uh, to yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. I, saw J- I saw them at J.C. Dobbs. Um, we played whatever J.C. Dobbs turned into. Yeah, uh,
2: yeah, It Turned into something else. For a while. We
0: played with a band. I can't remember. believe I remember this. This is in the 90s, you know, when every, all these bands are getting signed, of course, and, like, you know, they get to be pushed. This band called Chalk Farm. <laughs> I remember opening for them, and they were going to have some single getting shit down people's throat. Yeah, it's terrible. That's yeah, a bad one. Uh, what else? Other shitty rooms we've played. There's some... Oh, well, we played... Um, the name Doc Martin Dr. Martin's that's the play. the because. second show I played with the band was in Philly yeah some really upstairs bad no, so Doc
2: Martin's is upstairs yeah, yeah that's that's it's it a scary
0: room I remember sitting in there going like if there's a fire we're fucking dead there's <laughs> no way out well and we played uh, a bar basically with one of our all
1: time favorite uh, oh. film mates uh oh, I can't flat flat,
0: flat Jody flat Jody <laughs> This is worth playing later. If it's uh, still on my she uh, she was
1: uh, a character. I'll, I'll just leave it. At, at, <laughs> she looked well, 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 like she was, she was a term, and she uh, one of her songs has entered our uh, our lexicon. I haven't thought about, about it in years. It's a running gag thing, but Lincoln
0: Room or something. Lincoln. I'll something? never remember the name of it. Anyway,
1: a bunch anyway it's shitty right. fucking shit. <laughs>
0: Go and fair. when the Kyber Pass was still called the Kyber Pass, it was pretty good. When it became the Kyber, Kyber yeah. it became a little less less so. I, even then, though, I'll tell you, like, every time we came, people were so fucked up. Like, late. Like, I swear we'd see people, like, you know, like, people our age, like, who were, like, it seemed to be nodding and shit. <laughs> really so drunk, so druggy. And certainly that's the case with clubs, period. But, like, in Philly, it always seemed extra can see that a room i uh, I've, n- I've never played
1: here i would love to play here sometime but i saw will oldham uh at the first unitarian church yeah. a couple years back that's a spectacular one that's a great that's
2: no air conditioning but yeah <laughs> yeah it was sweaty it's in rough there. in the summer yeah sweaty
1: but uh it's a great really course. wonderful ambiance
2: it's a great it's a great building it's uh i saw noam chomsky
1: there okay of course <laughs> you oh, wow. did.
2: He wasn't rocking as much as, uh, yeah. But a
1: lot of he's on the Unitarian circuit though. Yes,
2: um, a lot of the the hardcore bands I like. That's
1: like they play the basement though. That's the basement. Uh If they could get that, who do you you like hardcore? Who's into I
2: really? And this is a question I have for you guys. And it's like, as I'm getting older, it's like not that I feel guilty that I'm still listening to this, but I'm loving it more. And I don't know. I I (laughs) listen to a lot of music when I run into my headphones. And I listen to more upbeat stuff, than I mix it up. But sure. Propaganda is probably difference. my f- favorite band. Propaganda from uh, they're from they're they are anarchist vegan um, punks from Canada. And like Crass before their radio. Th- yeah, ex- they're 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 but they're like super intelligent, insanely funny, self mocking, but their music is really. Serious, and it's like social issues, and it's very like pro women, um, you know, causes for like immigrants and stuff. They see problems, but it's the music that's just so insanely. I love it. It's borderline punk metal, and it's the guitar is so crazy intricate. Drums, everything about it just like it. What really speaks to me. Mm-hmm. There's a Paint It Black is a Philly punk band, hardcore band, and then. I, you know, I just, like, the the harder the better now. I don't know if it's a phase, but it's been it, like five years. Like, I haven't mellowed. Right. Like, I'm waiting for... And, and the problem that I have is, and I don't see it as a problem, like, everyone I grew up with who was, like, love punk and stuff like that have totally just yeah. gone away. Yeah. And now the only thing they want to talk about is, hey, I rediscovered Fleetwood Mac. I rediscovered Tom Petty. I rediscovered uh-huh. Bruce. And I'm like, that's great. And they all have their merits, and I understand how important they were, but you're boring me to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Death, yeah, You know? And I have no problem with what people like. It's just like, I feel like they're doing it because there's, not, and there's nothing wrong with it. it's a comfort thing. Like, you know, I take yeah. comfort in the music I really grew up liking. But like, I haven't gotten to that yet. I mean, I'll still go put on a Pete Townsend solo album, like Empty Glass, and I'll still be the happiest guy. Just my favorite thing in the world.
0: It's one of our favorites.
2: Yeah, I mean, that to me is like a touchstone. Absolutely. Like, I can't, you know, that's perfect album, right? Um, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Maybe two songs are.
1: That's the problem. Right, that's why it's, not, it? that's okay. why it's not perfect.
2: But. Um, uh, so that's where I'm like, I feel, not guilty, but like, you know, if my kids are walking in, like and I'm listening to some stuff that, you know, it's just loud and super fast, and they're like, A Daddy Silly Music, and it's,
0: correct. you know, I'm like,
2: yeah, and I'm like, Maybe I shouldn't be listening to this. So, That's now, You know cool.
0: what's interesting, though? My son has gotten into music big time, as I mentioned. Yeah. Like, he, I, I I played whatever I wanted in the car. I was never like, like let's play Try kids' it. music until they got interested in music. He got interested in 11. I remember he was in the Lady Gaga uh, um, Poker Face. That was the first song he was into. But anyway, after that, we started listening to their stuff. He wanted to listen to the pop, the old yeah, yeah. oh, 4043, blah, blah, blah. But now, like, he's into music. He's like, he's really into hip-hop. So it will be like... I remember you playing the track called Quest all the time. And yeah, yeah. I remember De La Soul. I remember. So they're soaking that up more than you think, and not always in a bad way. Now, it may be different with your girls, and if you're playing hardcore stuff... No, I don't style, play
2: any of my music in front of them. They walk into the basement, and I'm doing something. Oh, right? I see. And I have, you know,
0: whatever. I see. Yeah. I'm just saying, there may, if, if they are exposed to it, it may, their minds, of course, are completely wet cement. Yeah, so I, I like, expose them to, like,
2: the the R.E.M. level stuff, which uh-huh. they seem fine with. Like, that's right. nice, you know what I mean? And I think that's like my my R.E.M. sunvolt where I can, sure. bands that I really, really love that are at that level, I'm like, this isn't too crazy. This is just right. right. And then, you know, then everything that every new parent, oh, my kids love the Beatles. Sure. Every parent,
0: well, every fucking human being... <laughs> he loves Atlanta. the Beatles. And yeah, they should. That's yeah, awesome. they should. I mean,
2: it's like every... If you're a one-year-old or you're a 90-year-old, you probably should love to the love, Beatles. Right? There's nothing
0: not to love about it Well, them. it's funny, Mr. hardcore <laughs> thing is this just last weekend, in fact, I tweeted this. I, I was about... I was talking about... I was—I somehow got on this. I, I wake up in the morning on Saturdays, and one of my favorite things in the summer and on days off is I'll just stay in bed for two hours, not even sleeping. Right, it, it used should. to be, of course, you'd read and now I'm on my phone for two hours. But like... <laughs> I somehow got on Minor Thread. I call it Minor Thread of Spotify. I mean, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the Minor Threat collection, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, it's easily as good as the first time I heard it.
2: Yeah.
0: Easily as good. And I tweeted, like, how the fuck can this still be so good? 30 fucking years later. It's 30 years later.
2: You know, my favorite, and I, I tweeted about it about two years ago, I'm like, the best music compilation ever. State of the Union, Discord. Mm-hmm. I still listen to that, and there's maybe two clunkers, mm-hmm. but I mean, to me, that was just like, holy crap! Like, you know, it's like probably one of, you know, Fugazi had two records out by then, but it was In Defense of Human. I think was the to track on that, which I still think is their best. But there's so many bands like King Face and
0: uh, I think see, they, I'm not actually as into the deep Discord catalog. But yeah, that, the top of the line stuff: Fugazi, Minor Threat, and of course, when were Crazy. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, I, some I stuff. Because, but part of that is, and I want to mention this on, on purpose. Like, yeah, yeah, being a DC band, and being, we were opposed to anything. We always thought like, being cool was like not going with whatever's popular, sure. right? Right. And that can also work out to make you unpopular at the same time. It doesn't work out the same for everybody, right? So what we did was, you know, Discord was so prominent. And 90s that we were, I mean, our first band, Michael and first band, didn't sound anything like What was the in the first band? Townies.
2: Townies, and that was just
0: nothing to do with... Closer just, to, like, Codeine with, like, okay. Michael's built, Brill Building sort of uh, influence. <laughs> wow. I mean, Michael is definitely sort of a, I mean, he is a scholar of songwriting, but definitely interested in... Caron um, the Carol the He is a true on the board and also, you know... At that point, like Carol King, you know, I mean, that kind of stuff. And I'm playing like Doug Sharon drums and, you know, Clifford coding in the background, <laughs> right? So, anyway, uh, so anyway, I just say that as to couch that. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. If I'd been from, well, I was from outside that before. now. I should say Jawbox, big fans of that. Yeah, me too. Huge Lungfish, man.
2: Anything J Robbins, I was, like, I used to have the J, if J Robbins produced it, mm-hmm. that was good enough for me to, back then, to buy it because right. you couldn't listen, you know, before. You yeah, noticed, right. You're like, you know,
0: shrink wrapped. You're like, yeah. Okay. You check yeah, it out. Produced it. Label, it's on label. artwork, at, yes. titles.
2: Dude, I miss some of that. That kind of like, yeah. like gambling almost. You it know, it was gambling. Yeah. it was when it, you know, when it was shrunk wrapped. And then I remember getting to the point where there was a Repo Records where you could actually then go. Hey, can I listen to this? You put on the gross earphones. <laughs> they hand you the CD and the six CD changer, and you kind of hold them out because you want them to give you totally. earwigs. And you're yeah. like, and there's people behind you. and You're like, I just need to listen to two songs. Right. And you're like, uh, okay, you know, like,
0: right. But there was that roll in the dice. But there's also a psychological component to that too, which is you know cognitive dissonance. If you would spend the money, yeah, you would find a way to like it. Oh, which is very different than Spotify liked. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I got mad at... uh, I think I got mad at Patton Oswald. I get mad at comedians. I don't know why. Just in my head. I, you know, comedians I like. I mean, I love Patton Oswalt. I don't even know who... What's the name? Patton Oswald. Oh, Patton Oswalt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah,
1: of course. I'm losing my voice, too, by the way. I apologize. Um, yeah. I thought you were talking about a comedy team called Patton Niles. Patton and Oswalt. Yeah. Uh,
2: Patton Oswald wrote a piece about... And it was very... Like, you kids today don't know how bad we had it. You know, you can... Say you're a nerd about something because everything's there for you to get. So if you like comic books or this band, you go on the internet, it's there. Back in our day, I
0: had to go Read search.
2: I had to go, you know, go right. to SST Records and fill out right. I'll try and I'll buy Sacchar and Trust because blah 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 and wait for it to come. To and that's out. Tr- and to him that was like a true nerd. And I'm like, I understand you like saying this and it's hundred percent true. It took a lot more work to to get what you loved. But you can't discount what people just because it, it's readily there for them. It's not that they're gonna love it and be a nerd about it, whether it's they easy for them to get it or not. And it's just like if you love something, then that's fine. I don't. I, I'm like, dude, don't be a cranky old man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just right. it's a it's a hell of a lot easier for us to find out what you what you like. But don't be mad because it's easier for that person yeah, right. to have access. It's to not it. their fault. But I think the whole whole thing stemmed from it. I, I totally got it. So was like okay. it was that the the whole label of nerd and geek about something like back then he was like if you were a nerd about something it's because you tried really hard to get into it it was hard to to get that knowledge now you're like oh I just I'm, I'm an anime nerd because I've been on five anime websites mm-hmm. and I know all about right. it, you know
0: so, you know what's it's, int- along those lines what's interesting is that I, I was noticing again my son like he buy he goes out we go to a, a record store he'll buy this like Obscure dub used record, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, dub to me is like... I mean, that's an acquired taste. Of Dub's like the grass for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he'll buy the Kinks' Arthur,
3: mm-hmm. which
0: he loved, And then all these other records. And I realized, like, watching this, that it wasn't like when we were growing up in the sense that it was very linear. For me, it was... And I tend to think in these terms, but like a continuum, right? Like I needed to have this, and I'm like, okay, oh, God, do I dig yeah. this? Yes. Okay, yes. I want something that's a little more dangerous because I remember hearing the Kinks' "Art Lover" was one of the first songs I remember going, "This is weird. I know it's dangerous. It's Fucked <laughs> up, but like yeah. I kind of like it." Right? right and yeah, then yeah, yeah. And then you keep taking these steps, and Rolling Stone was my only thing at that point. Like I just they told me everything to do. Yeah, yeah. And then there's, like, the Smiths, and U2, and, like, oh, the Who is still cool, even though Punk happened, because, mm-hmm. like, the Clash embraces them, so the Who is still cool, I can still like them, <laughs> totally. and, like, so you follow this path, but with a the internet, a
1: flow chart, a flow yeah, yeah. chart,
0: and, and with our timeline, and, and with Jonas, is just, like, boom, 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 boom Albert Aylor, Ailer, and, and, you know, like, uh, the Kings, and, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. and then there's, and there's hip-hop, and then it's just all at once, you know, like, just a
2: avalanche of I shit. I find that... That it'd be exhilarating and exhausting at the same time. Like, I don't yeah. know if I could handle... Being a, a person who just loves to, you know, listen to music, like, today I'd find that. Like, I'll admit it, and, you know, on our podcast we talk about it all the time, Russ and Todd, two other guys, most open-minded, they have... I admire them with their acceptance to, like, hey, let's listen to... The, I'll listen to all of Jandex weird stuff and give yeah. it a real good, and I'll be like horrible oh god no you know right, like right. I am so and I've, I've been better about it trying to expand my musical taste but I, I do love that they they have that oh, I'll listen to this sure I'll listen to this I'll get I'll right. listen to two CDs of this right I'm like wow I couldn't do that
0: and I wonder how much of that is related are they the same ages
2: they're a couple years younger than me and I think it's it's more of their Russ is a musician you know multi-instrumentalist kind of guy play right. anything, and he just loves like He'll pick, he's like, well, I don't really like that band, but I really like all the bass lines the guy was doing. So he'll like that.
0: That's interesting. You
2: know, and Todd, the other guy, just likes quirky. If it's different, crazy, if it's more people on stage in robes playing this song, right. the
0: better for him. Son.
2: Son. Yeah, man. yeah.
0: Polyphonic spree. Polyphonic spree. Well, Son. Well, yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that today, too, people can like things in so many levels. So many ways. But I did
2: love your, your analogy of, of you had like the, you go from here to here to here, and I'll go here because, yes, this is, cool, this is cool. This is not, cool.
0: this is endorsed. Okay, so I'm going to check this out. All right, and that's leads me yeah,
2: exactly. I remember getting One for the Road, the Live Kinks album,
3: mm-hmm.
0: as a oh,
2: yeah. kid, and there's not a bad song on the whole thing. Da, and da, I was just like, da, 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 holy da, da, crap, da. this is just, and then I went down to go real early kinks. And I'm like, this is totally different. Yes. So I, this is not Lola. Yeah, this is it was, it was like uh, the Merry Go Round. What's the the whole the record Arthur and the Merry Go Round verse. The, it's one of the longest albums? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, it's the, the white album and, and it's just such great pop, fanciful pop mm-hmm. songs, you know, that so kinks that you know, if you heard it today you'd be like, Yes, kinks but back then I'm like, Hold it, this is the same band as, you know, one for the road and I was oh, like, wow. for me I remember
0: vividly yeah the uh all day and all the night yeah, know, that kind of thing that was it was real. just the most exciting moment of my life yeah. up to that point i mean it really was it was like probably eighty, eighty-one. that song is still exciting that yeah. riff yeah. it is but in the spoken word kind of thing he does in that one verse it, it's so fucking awesome but but i know what you mean like <laughs> that was the kinks to me and all of us were suddenly into it Circle, but we'll I saw Ray back. Davies about a year ago. Oh yeah,
1: Uh good, sh- sprightly. Oh yeah, sprightly, distractingly sprightly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh really? Uh, a little bit actually. Oh, I so wanted much- I wanted to tell him in the in like the first five six songs. Yeah, calm-, yeah. calm down and and play. Uh, and eventually he did, and and it was a very rewarding yeah. uh, experience to stand there and. Yeah, Ray Davies. Play for me. Wow. Where was that? Uh, At the Fillmore. The new Fillmore in Silver Spring.
2: Yeah, yeah. Here's a question for band guys. And this is something I was totally railing against recently. Um, Every band I saw last year, except for one, they literally spoke between every single song. They didn't get like three songs in a row, power Mm through, create a vibe. Like, Mogwai is like one of my favorite bands. Just... Scottish instrumental band, big, you know, just mm-hmm. crescendo building, room-filled rock. You Saw know. them open
1: for uh, Pavement many, uh, many, years, many ago. years ago. Many years
2: ago. And they're an acquired taste, but I just love, I love a lot of the, the big instrumental kind of music. And I'm like, well, they're, they're, they'll probably at least play like four songs in a row and just create this amazing sure. vibe. Between every song they stopped, but thank you, noodling. on looking around, grabbing a beer. You know, Scottish, grabbing a beer. <laughs> and then they go to the next song. But through every song, they stopped. So I'm like, all right, there's no real kind of energy building. Then I saw, like, another band, same thing. And I was getting so, like... I remember, like, some of the best shows i ever seen. Like, like I've mentioned before, like, The Descendants. Like, I remember going as a kid to City Gardens and being, like, the energy. I mean, literally, you it was like... Just you could feel it on your skin. They would open up with... I'm Not a Loser, mm-hmm. eight songs in a row, you're physically, emotionally, and getting your, you know, in the pit, just like, this is the greatest thing in the world. They're not stopping. This energy is building and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, like, that to me was, and it took a lot for a band to do this because, you know, t- I mean, it was easier for a punk band. They're not, you know, it's the same guitar sound or not many chords yeah, or, right, or just rifling right. through. So, I was getting really, really upset. And so, then I saw, <laughs> you know, because it just felt like, no matter what, great show, blah, blah, blah then I saw Bob Muldy. He's like, "I'm going to mm. play sugar. I'm going to play copper blue." Right? right.
1: Yeah, I wanted to see that show.
2: Holy! First nine songs straight through. Mm-hmm. Not one. Not even like thanks for coming out. Literally like, mmm, and the next song turns around, looks at John on drums, looks over bass, and mmm, the next song nine songs in a row. It was like euphoric. It was the best.
0: That's cool. What I was going sorry I was going to yeah, say yeah. though this. What if you didn't know any of the songs by those two bands and you were seeing them? <coughs> Good question. Good question. Because that's what we're faced uh, with continuously. Well, this is my ah. thing.
2: I think the bands that I go see now are on Greatest Hits Tours. So okay. they're not not—they're not building any sort of like, yeah. you know what I mean? Fleetwood People, Mac, Tom yeah. Petty. Yes, the bands that I go and pay $300, $300 a seat right. for, the Eagles Reunion Tour. No, I know your site. You can do that, I think, when you reach the level where you yes. just play the hits. Well, everybody knows it, though. Everybody it knows, knows it. It used to be the hits. It doesn't like, no, it Doesn't have to
0: be Descendants hits, fans are going to know all the yeah, Descendants so, songs, and Bob Mold fans are going to know the Bob Mold songs, or at least the Sugar songs. Yeah. Probably not the last three records, but they can do that. Like, you know, most bands don't have that.
2: I, yeah. I think two. If you could start off, do two in a row.
0: We do try to do that. Right. And I do well, believe... We make our best effort. Well, no, we have tuning changes that are...
2: But that's the thing. I mean, the more intricate your music, right,
1: yeah. and, you know, you're doing
2: your...
0: That's what it is.
1: We're exactly what it is. But there's, there's many ways to, uh, to go about that. I mean, I... Uh,
2: if you have a charismatic front man who's good at talking... But, but
1: that, that, that's the exact opposite, opposite of, 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 of where I was coming from. You know, I love The Grateful Dead. Do you? Uh, very much. And, uh, when I was first, you know, becoming a a deadhead and first learning about the dead world and mythology, you hear about this intense connection that they have with their fans. Right. What a communal experience going to see the Grateful Dead is. Uh, and then, you know, I learned about this and then I started hearing more shows and listening to more shows and there was this big disjunct.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: The Grateful Dead never talk. It's not no, like really? it's not like they're up on right. stage saying all this stuff to to relate wow. to everyone out there. And uh, and there's this give and take with the uh, with the audience. They don't they don't say a word
2: I didn't know that, when
1: I? Uh, when they're up on stage. Uh, and they have you know long tuning breaks yeah, yeah. between Ash. songs you know when it's going poorly you know three <laughs> four minutes uh, between tunes but then they you know they'll play their next number and the place goes nuts because sure. everybody loves the music and it's there's a certain percentage of the, of the song no matter what they of the crowd no matter what they play next it's going to be their favorite song gotcha so they still get that uh, that reaction yeah, but it, but it's not a uh, them standing up on stage and saying, "Oh, we love you so much."
2: I didn't know that. Uh, now, are you? They don't
1: say a word. Are you a further guy? Do you do you like all the? Not really.
2: All the no. What's happened
1: since? No, I saw the dead in quotes. Okay. Which is what they call themselves now. Uh, uh, which, which was everybody, Sans Jerry. Yeah. Uh, which you would think, you know, would have some potential. That's why I went, and, and it sucked. Uh, no, it was, it was really, really bad, but, uh, Fish, no, I've never seen them. I like a couple of their records, actually, There's or one game. of their records, more accurately. They have one record that I, that I, that I do like a lot, but never enough to compel me to buy another one. There you go. Uh, or, uh, or to go see them.
2: I just read a book, Nathan Rabin at the, uh, mm-hmm. AV club. Mm-hmm. He wrote about just being a, he followed Fish and uh, the Juggalos tour, mm. the uh, the band,
0: sure,
2: you know, St. Clair Posse, they're they're big Juggalos. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, he just immersed himself in the culture of the two bands. It's pretty good. It's pretty interesting. That I mean, would be
0: interesting. I you mean, know, I, I don't. I know nothing thing. about
2: Fish. I know nothing about. I've heard maybe one mm-hmm. Juggalo song. I
1: mean, yeah. our first podcast was with uh, Jesse Jarnow, uh, an FMU DJ. Uh-huh. He wrote the. Uh, uh, big day coming. Uh, a history of Yola Tango. Oh, wow. Uh, and he is also a, uh, a huge deadhead. Oh, really? So,
0: uh, where the twain shall meet.
1: Exactly. We're out there. Yeah. Michael, uh, the, the missing Caribbean. Uh, big deadhead. Really?
0: Mm-hmm. I'm always surprised by
2: deadheads dead that I don't expect to be deadheads who listen. Like a lot of. I grew up in an area where it was Springsteen country. And we, we lived next to a rich town called Spring Lake, and all the Spring Lake kids were deadheads. And they were right. really heavy pot smoking. This would have been when? The
1: mid-'80s? Mid-'80s. Touch of gray.
2: Uh, it was even before then, because they all had older brothers who were into, like, uh-huh. Turpentine Station or whatever. What is Terrapins it? <laughs> <Turpentine> <laughs> Station. <laughs> yeah. Joke. Um, like, that kind <laughs> of... Where they all got that influence from their older brothers. So, like, I was always like, I don't know if I can like the grateful dead. I mean, I, I owned... Two records, like they're fine, but I mean, it was more of like that's all they listened to. So mm-hmm. to me, back then, all the people who were into the Dead. It was like they listened to the Dead
1: and maybe and the band, and they're rich dicks. Yeah,
2: and I mean, maybe like you know, on Helm and the Dead. Like they were so cloistered in, like that's that's all I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. So I just figure like most of the Deadheads that I knew or still know are
0: like ah, it's the Dead. Well, that's what it was like for my college. Yeah, it was definitely the, uh, not super rich, but like you know more. It's 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 a privilege. It was a thing of privilege. There's no question. Where'd you go to college? College of Worcester in Ohio. It's a small liberal arts school. Right. But I came to the Dead more, and I'm not a big, I'm not a Deadhead like these guys. And in fact, I, I actually pretty had my fill of the Dead for a while because right. these guys play a lot. But like, um, uh. I came to it as like in a revisionist sense like a lot of those things coming from that punk sort of tradition all the things like you know you'd be surprised it's not (laughs) that bad you know like that and the band and like all these things that I was like yes and Genesis you just reject out of hand because it's part of the doctrine you know
2: do you find yourself that you can I'll read about the dead and love it even Mm. though I don't like the music like I find like I read a whole thing about the, the tapes they found
0: yeah, you see the yeah, New Yorker? The New Yorker was, article. The New Yorker. I, I was, was like, so
2: excited to read that. And I remember like, I read it, and I was excited for, you know, I find part two, and I had a paywall. You know, I was like, how am I going to find the second part? And, like, all that. And, like, I'll read anything about bands. Like, I, I love band dynamics. I like band histories, even if I don't like the band necessarily.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I'm i the exact same way. I could watch a documentary in almost, you know, in a, almost any band. In fact, I did. <laughs> the Eagles. The Eagles. I'm, I'm waiting to,
2: Everybody keeps saying how great that was. And, it
0: was really good. Yeah. yeah. Well, in the yeah. first half, I'm like, again, revisionist, like, wow, Glenn Fry had this charisma and this magnetism I totally get. And like, they had pretty pure reasons for starting out. Um, Don Henley said, though, kind of? Is so, it? No, I didn't, I didn't come away with that. In fact, yeah, okay. a little cheesy, but not too bad. And, um, more of a pragmatist, really. Okay. Um, Confidence. They're very confident guys. Little
2: somewhat,
0: copy. yeah. Um, for me, it was more like I'm probably Like, oh, I get you as a rock, and I kind of get where you're coming from with the country, uh, yeah, yeah. thing. And it's actually, you know, it was, again pretty well intentioned. You've really? seen it, or you've just heard about it.
2: I'm, um, um, I haven't seen it. I want to see it. It's okay. like everybody, every right. music person. I was like, you got to see it. Uh-huh.
0: Well, you the second half, you'll be like, it's funny, is because you start out like a fucking the Eagles, and then the first half, you're like, oh. Okay, well, I don't really still like the Eagles, but this is interesting. And then you watch the second half of my day, and you're like, I fucking hate the Eagles. (laughs) You know, they're just, because they are at the end. I mean, the documentarians, in fact, saying, like, I mean, it's just ruthless business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They went out for two years, you know, in their first reunion, and they just fucking throw people out of the band who don't get in line. Because Henley and and, uh, Fry, like, this is our thing. I just watched um,
2: Sound City, the documentary. Yeah, I saw that too. I saw. That's part, I saw part of it. It's cool. Yeah, I love I, the whole. I was ambivalent. The thing I didn't like that Dave Grohl turned it into, I'm a hero. Oh really? I didn't sense. I got the. I got. He was pepper and everything. Like you know, and, and listen to the sounds of the drum show. Him and his drummer, you know, doing the drums. I'm like, all right, you you can show yourself. But by the end, he was just like, and then they closed down the studio. So who swooped? Who who swooped in? I did. I bought the console, and then I brought it to my home studio. And then I'm inviting every rock legend to create an album. Come here, Paul McCartney. Come here, Tom That McCroney. end part
0: was cheesy, but I didn't really take it as in the same way. It's interesting. I, and I don't. That. I have no problem with Dave Grohl either. Like
2: I think yeah. he's in too many document. I, every music documentary I'll watch, yeah. any one. Absolutely. And
0: there's always Dave Grohl, uh-huh.
2: which is fine. And you know. I don't... I, he's not the
0: ultimate scholar. Yeah, and, and I, mean, I think he's a, a, nice, a nice guy, good player, totally. Exactly. Good. And he's coming from the right place. I mean, no question. Exactly. That's, but, I he think he's like a, but he's not... Like a, you, I'm tired of seeing
2: him. I'm tired, and it could be anybody. I mean, anyone who I really love. Yes. If I saw Jay Mascus on every single one, I'd be like, how about a little less Jay? How about a little less... Right. But that,
1: that, yeah, that's true, but at the same time, let's, let's not get him. let him get off scot-free. There is something about the way Dave Grohl... Goes about things these days—that is a little tired. You know what he,
2: he's gotten, to and the, it is a
1: little bit. Uh, yes, I'm, I'm the hero. Well, it's, and uh, and I agree with you on he's that.
2: He's positioning himself to be in the pantheon of next-gen rock legends.
1: Totally, right? totally.
2: And how do you do that? You you buddy up with the second wave with. You know, with the Tom Petty's. Stevie and Nicks. Stevie Nicks and the Fleetwood Macs and all of those. You know what I mean? And he got... Well, like, he's
1: also jamming with Paul McCartney. Yeah, he know, got so Paul McCartney, that. like
2: the, the top legend. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he's, like, put out feelers to Pete Townsend and, and, Bob, and, and Bob Dylan. <laughs> but right now, he's like, oh, I can get Petty. So, we get those guys. He's just, and that's, you know, if he was like, and he still will be like, you know, I'm still a punk at heart. I'll have Bob Mould on my latest record, which is cool, and I'm yeah, yeah. very happy he did that. But I do see him as like, you know, he's like I'm in the most popular rock band in the past ten years. We do no wrong. Um, I want a little bit more than that. I could, I could right? take that. I could take. It that. Seems fine now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, uh... DC, Virginia guy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was in a Scream. I was Scream. Two cassettes that he was. Act- one cassette he was actually on.
0: I remember I actually, uh, yeah, I, I, I interned at uh, Inner Ear when I first oh, wow. got there and to DC in like 90, 90. And uh, we'd play around with tapes, and one was Scream. I remember, you know, just isolating drum tracks. and I didn't nice. know it was different at the time. It was like, it was before Nirvana, but later I'm like. I'm DC sure. was my first.
2: I used to rank the punk scenes like I would. Mm-hmm. It's like DC, Chicago, New York. And then it was, you know, I think it was that whole because of. Bad brains turned me on to hardcore. Like okay. what the I remember getting a cassette with bad brains on it and descendants on one side, brand Bridges on the other. And I'm like, all right, I'm I'm completely full. Right. That's it. Yep, that's yep. what I wanna all I want to listen to now, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it was all like
0: D C stuff, which is I gotta ask, like, how old are you?
2: Early forties.
0: Okay. You something like that. Forty five. Yeah. I didn't know if you're older or younger than me, I couldn't really tell. Forty three. Okay. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, same. Right. Yeah, totally. And but it also, uh, yeah, bad brains. That's you're a little younger than I would have guessed for somebody to be like. That would be their an entry point.
2: It was it. an old, uh, the cool goth girl in our high school sure. who we all wanted to hang out with and who's cooler than everybody. Yeah. Yeah. She was dating a guy two years older in a punk band. Uh, it's one Rafe. of those deals. Rafe, the cool guy.
0: Oh, Rafe. I know. Ra- <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. But it was like it was like a John Hughes movie. You know what I mean? Oh, it's uh, like, yeah, were- Oh Eileen, can we can we go to the concert? She's like, yeah. Rafe will drive us to City Gardens. We're gonna go see a band called you know. It'd be like I do Vandals. remember City
0: Gardens always seeing that on the. It was that in you know, like Jockey Club in Newark, Newport, Kentucky, which is near Cincinnati around Cincinnati.
2: Yeah, uh, City Gardens was the one of the scariest places. Yeah.
0: All those I talk about, like the 9:30 Club equivalents. This is pre that, or actually, 9:30 original 9:30 was uh, actually a little late to that scene, but somewhat part of that. And then, but yeah, those places, man. There was a, there was a group of skinheads dangerous. called the Family,
2: and they would hang out in a parking lot. And there were shows you would go, and you'd be so scared of the parking lot, you'd either turn around and not go, or go park a very far away near a park and then walk because you didn't want to. Yeah go through, like, skinheads
1: in the parking lot. What, what? was the threat? Were they going to beat you up? The,
0: the, I mean, no,
2: or they was it just they
1: were scary no, looking? No, there were some... And I don't know how to process it.
2: We were young. We were sophomores, juniors in high school. No sort of punk look about us. You know, T-shirt and shorts, just normal... Right, but like, what was the, the threat? The threat was, you would go in, and it was super violent sometimes. Like, literally, noses broken. Some of the shows you'd go to, there would just be melees, fights in the pit they'd start in the pit and it would just go around mm-hmm. i mean i saw
1: violence is fun
2: yeah it was like there was a lot of good healthy pit stuff you know it's like mm-hmm. just moshing a lot of fun i mean some of the best times i ever had was just you know like jump stage dive and, and then sometimes you're like scared shitless because of some of the bands like you go see um oh god Mags, like a, mm. a really hardcore New York band. Mm-hmm. And they would play there, and they'd bring some other like thuggish bands with them. And there were just fights all over the place. I mean, you could stand on the outside and not get... But you were... You'd go there, and you know who the troublemakers were. And if you looked at like one of the skidheads wrong in the parking lot, you'd be like, well, maybe when I go inside, he might target me or something. Mm-hmm. And I've mm-hmm. had friends who got into fights there, but I was small, so I'd always kind of, you know. Sure. But the greatest experience I ever had there was Henry Rollins kicked me in the head accidentally did a flip. He used to have his bouncer, Brody, whatever, come on stage and do one of the songs.
1: His body man.
2: He would flip him over his back Then Henry would land in front of the stage like this. Land in front of the stage. I was right there and the heel of his boot hit me the top of the head. And as I'm falling back, he grabs me. He goes, you okay, dude? And I'm like, (laughs) and then he gets back up, grabs the mic and starts singing. And I was like, like, this is the greatest Henry (laughs)
0: Rollins this is the part where Michael would would tell us, and I don't mean this in a no, yeah, like, yeah. Michael went to high school with Henry and Rollins. Did he really just for a couple years. He's a couple years ahead of him, but Henry made him a punk tape. Oh yeah. Like that was kinda of like it opened a lot of doors for him. So that
2: was nice. Just a, that's nice. That's it. It takes one tape. Exactly. It takes one good person yeah. with good taste music. I using. love that story. That's yeah, yeah. yeah that's All right, this totally has awesome.
0: still been the longest podcast oh, yeah. no, that's of cool. our group, which is awesome. But um, I guess we'll go ahead and shut it down. So thanks, Jeff Lyons, for being here. Well, thank you, guys. That was well, a lot of fun. It was thank very for fun. You were a good beer, too. Absolutely. Wow. Lanzanitas. 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 Okay, there you go. All right, bye. bye.
3: I was on the ugly side of the law. Nothing fierce and nothing obscene. I needed anchor safety. And See, in the beginning, I was miscast And when I met you, my bio was playing Yeah, when I found your body, your spirit was warm No great sea change, no deep mystery. Sure, I found the letter, the handwriting checked, but you and I 17 If I hear them or process their words Cause all they really wanted was to break us apart I noticed Tiara hour and light in the air As paramedics slowly wheeled you away